Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thank you, Jesus. Just worship the Lord right where you're standing right now. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We just exalt you, Lord God. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be glorified, Lord God. We honour you and worship you. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for the incredible work that you've done in and through our lives. We thank you, Father, that we can gather together as the church of Jesus Christ, one, one body, one voice, one mind, one heart, to worship and to glorify and to lift up the name of Jesus. And Father, even as we break bread together today, we're reminded of your grace and your mercy, your goodness towards us. And Father, in this context, Lord God, we cast all of our cares upon you. Father, you know all the things that are troubling our hearts. All the things, Father God, that are, that, 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 that are causing us to, to, to be troubled, Lord God. And we just cast all of our cares upon you, all of our worries, all of our fears, our discouragement, those anxieties that threaten our well-being, Lord God. We cast them all upon you, Lord God. Father, there are those that are, that are sick, Father God, sick in the body. I pray that by the Holy Spirit that you would reach out and minister healing, even right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we commit to you, uh, Dominic Mitiga's sister. Father, needs a touch from you, Lord God. I pray, reach out in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, Lord God. And I pray, Father, minister healing this morning, I pray. Our trust is in you, Lord God. Our faith is in you. And we bind every work of the enemy, every distraction. We come against it in the name of Jesus. Every doubt and every fear, Lord God. Every preconceived idea, we come against it in Jesus' name. Be glorified. Father, let the the power that raised Jesus from the dead, let that power be present here today to minister to each and every one of us, I pray. We love you so much, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of sin. We thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We thank you, Father, that we stand righteous in your presence because of the price that Jesus paid at Calvary. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the honour. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, isn't it good to be in church this morning? Been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was in in the U.S. for two or three days. Uh, Just saw Jeremy. Snuck up on him. I didn't tell him I was gone. So just, no, that's not true. I did. And uh, and then a a week or so uh, with Pastor Elio and Mickey, and they send their regards to the church. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to be away, but it's even better to come home. Missed you guys so much. Missed church so, so, so much. And uh, just great to be back and to be able to share the Word with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And reading from verse 29. The Bible says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, 
along with every kind, uh, every form of malice, um, to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ Jesus, God has forgiven you. I love the Word of God. It's just so practical. You know, people say, oh, I don't understand this part. Well, it's pretty practical there. Um, some great teaching from the Word. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your Spirit and your presence that's here today. And I just, I just thank you for your Word. And I know that every time we open your Word, it, it has the capacity to come alive and to speak into our lives today. And I just pray that this Word would do just that. Uh, let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation, Lord God. Just let there be a freedom to hear the voice of the Spirit, to speak the Word of the Lord. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this Word. And I just thank you that you will speak today by the Holy Spirit. Our lives are going to be changed, different. We're going to walk out of this place changed because your Word spoke to our hearts. And this is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject, responses to the Holy Spirit. Responses to the Holy Spirit. When it comes to Scripture, many people see the Bible as a book of don'ts. It's don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other thing. Um, classic example of this is the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments say, do not lie, do not cover, do not steal, do not commit adultery, and on and on it goes. And people say, well, that's exactly why I don't like Christianity. That's exactly why I don't like the Bible. That's exactly why I can't serve this God that you continuously talk about. It's all about rules. God is a killjoy. His goal is to make my life miserable. Reality is nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, this is what God said about the Ten Commandments. Listen carefully. He says, oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all of my commandments. Oh, that their hearts. It's God kind of saying, man, I just wish, I just wish you would fear me. I wish you would respect, I wish you would obey my commands always so that it might go well with you. That's the heart of God for you and me. God's heart is not, let me, make, let me make them miserable. My goal is to make them miserable and let me put as many rules. as That's not the heart of God. His heart is so that it might go well with us. And not only us, God goes on and says, and their children forever. That, you know, God wants to not only bless you, but He's a generational God. He wants to bless your children. He wants to bless your grandchildren. That's the blessing of following after the commandments of God. They're principles that actually guide us and lead us to this elusive thing that we're looking for called life. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in abundance. That's His heart for you and me. Never misunderstand that. The world says, oh, don't serve God. He's, a He's going to make you miserable. Well, they don't know the God that we know, do they? All I can say is that ever since I've served God, He's been great to me. <laughs> Just awesome. Can I hear an amen? amen? Commandments weren't given to make us miserable. They, they were given to protect us from harm so that we can experience life and freedom. Parents don't say to children, don't play with matches to make them miserable, do they? to protect them so that they can live and not die, <laughs> literally. Uh, this morning, I don't so much want to speak about the Ten Commandments. I want to speak about three do-nots that refer to the Holy Spirit. 
want to speak about three do-nots that refer to the Holy Spirit. As we know, this church is unashamedly a Pentecostal church. What distinguishes us from other evangelical churches is we believe that the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit, being baptised in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, is speaking in a heavenly language. It's a, it's a prayer language. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to pray according to the will of God. And we encourage everybody to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is with us. We believe the Holy Spirit is with all of us, believers and unbelievers. It's the Holy, before we ever became Christians, it was the Holy Spirit that was drawing us to Christ, seeking to reveal Christ into our hearts. The Holy Spirit is, comes in us at salvation and the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we are baptised with the Holy Spirit. So often when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about Him as a force. We think about Him as a, as a ghost, a power or an influence. The Holy Spirit is a person. Make, make no mistakes about that. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as a... We can, we can understand Jesus uh, as a person because we've seen photographs of Him. Blue eyes, long hair. We know what Jesus looks like. We know that He's a person, right? So, and we know kind of God the Father. We kind of, you know, He's kind of represented as a person. But the Holy Spirit, we kind of get confused. I want you to know the Bible presents the Holy Spirit as a person. He is a person that wants to actively be involved in your life and my life. The Bible tells us it's the Holy Spirit that guides and leads. Read the book of Acts and you will see how many times the, the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding the church. The Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you and me. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers. It's the Holy Spirit that gives gifts. Everybody likes a gift. The Holy Spirit wants to give you and me gifts. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals truth. There's a witness in our, that's truth. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing that. It's the Holy Spirit that discerns, helps us pray, begins to stir in our hearts. If we wanna be everything God wants us to be in life and in, in the church, we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be present amongst us. Thank God for buildings and music and lights, but those things don't change anyone. It's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. That's what makes the church dynamic. That's what brings us back week in and week out. It's certainly not the building. It's not my speaking, I can assure you of that. And it's not even the music that brings us back again. What brings us back again and again, it's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because when two or three are gathered together in my name, says God, there I am in the midst of them. And when God is present, He begins to speak. When God is present, He begins to act, He begins to move. In our hearts and life, without the Holy Spirit, this church is just going to be a religious church. Yuck. <laughs> we don't want to go to that. We don't want to go to a dead, dull, boring church. That's not what we want to be a part of. We want the dynamic of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. What changes people's lives is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. An angel appears to Mary and says, you're going to give birth to a son. His name's going to be Jesus. He will be a saviour. And she asked the question, well, how would this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. When we think about what God wants to do, uh, you know, in our lives as a church and even as individuals, you know, in influence our city, make a difference in people's life, be a place of healing, body, soul and spirit, a place where people find hope, where families and marriages are restored. We ask the question like Mary, how will this be? Because I got no clue how to do that stuff. 
And God responds and says, don't worry, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And you're going to be able to do stuff that you can only think about, but, but, but the Holy Spirit is going to work through you. It's a Pentecostal church. We need to go back to seeking after the power and the presence and the glory of the Holy Spirit amongst us. A church without the Holy Spirit is like a Tesla with flat batteries. <laughs> Looks great. All I heard about in Canada was a Tesla and Elon Musk. Anyway, it's another story. Don't worry. Uh, church without the Holy Spirit is like a Tesla with flat battery. Looks great. Looks amazing. Got a lot of potential, but pretty useless. <laughs> Individual without the Holy Spirit may look great. A lot of potential, but will struggle through life. The Bible says, Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be, you shall be, not you shall do, you shall be my witnesses. It's, 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 it's not our words that change people's lives. It's our character. It's who we are. It's Christ in us that changes people. People look at us and they go, well, I want what you have. It's the being, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in you and me so that we can be everything God has called us to be. Question, how can we have more of the Holy Spirit and, and His presence in our lives? Well, to help us answer that question, we're going to look at three do-nots related to the Holy Spirit, three wrong responses that undermine the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. First of the do nots related to the Holy Spirit is do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Book of Acts tells us that Stephen was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Religious elite didn't like him. They made false accusations against him. He was put on trial before the religious leaders. And, and Stephen preaches a message about the history of Israel leading up to Jesus. And he says, you guys have persecuted um, all of the prophets that have spoken in the name of Jesus. And then he, then he says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Stephen begins to preach a message and he, and he starts with, with the Old Testament and, and he takes them through uh, the history of Israel and, and then he, he leads right up to Jesus Christ. And he says, you've persecuted all the prophets and uh, um, you're deaf to the truth, you're stubborn. You always resist the Holy Spirit. To resist means to withstand, to strive against, to oppose. It says, I know what you're saying, God, but you know what? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna change. I'm gonna do my own thing comes from a family of words like stubborn and obstinate and inflexible and headstrong. Thank God for a thesaurus in the, you know, in the word. <laughs> but you got a few extra words. The idea of stiff neck there relates to the oxen and, and a yoke was put on the oxen and, and, and they would, that would enable them to plow. But occasionally one of the oxen would be stiff neck. They, they would resist the yoke that was on them and, and it, would, it, would, it would affect how they, how, they, how they worked the land, how they plowed the land. If we want to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we need never to resist the Holy Spirit. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit, acknowledge truth and act accordingly. Catherine Kuhlman said this, a woman that was used by God in a powerful way in the area of healing. She said, the heavenly father does not ask for golden vessels. He does not ask for silver vessels. God asks for yielded vessels. 
those who will submit their will to the will of the Father. And the greatest human attainment in all the world is for a life to be so surrendered to him that the name of God Almighty will be glorified through that life. We can resist the Holy Spirit in so many ways. We can resist the Holy Spirit when we hear, you know, the word and, and kind of dismiss it. We resist the Holy Spirit when we read the word of God and it kind of speaks to us about some kind of change that needs to take place in our life. But we do the complete opposite. We resist the Holy Spirit when we, we sense a prompting from the Spirit, but don't change. We resist, we withstand. Church, can I, can I just encourage you never to, never to resist the Holy Spirit, but always to yield the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit has your best interest at heart. The Holy Spirit wants to operate in your life and work in your life, things that you could only imagine. One of the pictures of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is that of a dove. That's, that's, like if, you wanna, if you wanna see a picture of the character and the nature of the Holy Spirit, it's that of a dove. A dove is gentle and soft and loving. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit sees the best in you. The Holy Spirit uh, sees who you can become, uh, sees you doing things you were, you were only created for. The Holy Spirit's desire is to, is to shape Christ in you so that you can become the best version of yourself, to become more like Jesus to do the very things that Jesus would do. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to me, He's saying, let your heart become soft and gentle. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't resist the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's only gonna do you harm. It's only gonna hurt you to resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit cares about you. The Holy Spirit has your best interest at heart. It was God that created you. God created you for such a time as this. God created you for purpose. The Holy Spirit wants to see that become a reality. A hardened heart is basically a heart that is unmoved by the things of God. How do we know if we, our heart is hardened? We, can, we no longer hear the voice of God. There's an insensitivity to, to sin and to obey the things of God. Can, can I encourage you to, to always yield to the Holy Spirit? That whenever you sense a prompting from the Holy Spirit, whenever you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you, can I, can I encourage you to, to always have a yielded heart to the Holy Spirit? Because He has your best interest out. One of the things I've prayed again and again is, you know, Psalm 139. Well, I don't pray it all the time. I pray it some of the time. Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because, you know, I can think I'm, I'm in a certain place, but the Holy Spirit can see where I am exactly. The Holy Spirit knows everything about me, even more than I know myself. And I've said to God on a number of occasions, I've said, God, I don't want to get to the other side of eternity and discover that I was on the wrong track, that, I, that, that my perceptions of myself were completely wrong. I want to know now, I want to know today. So search me, O oh God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me. Lead me in the way. That's a dangerous prayer to pray. God answers those kind of prayers. That's why I don't pray it too often, every now and then, you know. But it's, an all, it's, an, it's a great prayer to pray. Never be afraid of God. Never be afraid of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit is a, is a, is a, is a, is a gentleman. He never forces himself upon us. He whispers his voice in our heart and then, and then, and then waits for us to either rebel against it or resist the Holy Spirit or to yield. Can I encourage you to yield to the Holy Spirit? At every time. Second of the do nots related to the Holy Spirit is do not grieve the Holy Spirit. 
Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. To grieve means to cause sorrow, pain and distress. Imagine there are things that we can do that grieve the Holy Spirit. Make the Holy Spirit feel sad, experience great sorrow. It's to hurt or wound is to grieve. The reason why we feel grief as humans is because we love something. Um, it's, it's, it's the, the more we love something, when, when, it, when it goes, then, then, then we grieve even more. Um, our Theodore went to be with the, the dogs in heaven. I don't know. We, I don't know if he's in heaven. I think he is in heaven. He's part, he was half human. Uh, and uh, I, could, I, could, I could never, if, you know, in back, back years and years and years ago, if someone said they were grieving at the loss of a pair, I laughed, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't have too much sympathy. But then we lost Theodore and, you know, we grieved. Why? Because we loved Theodore. My only concern with him, he was microchipped. So that's my only concern with our young Theodore. But, but we're praying that he's in heaven at some place. Um, you grieve because you love something. The Queen said, grief is the price we pay for love. What causes us to grieve when a loved one dies, we love them. If we don't know the person, we don't grieve as much. But we, but we grieve because we, we love something. And we don't only grieve when someone passes away. There are other things that can cause us to grieve. A child that's disobedient, that's not listening, can grieve our hearts. We feel grieved because we feel hurt by their actions. Uh, a spouse who refuses to try and repair the relationship in some way and refuses to do that. The other spout grieves. There's a, there's a grief in relation to that. Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't wound, don't hurt, don't offend the Holy Spirit. And the reason why we can grieve the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit again loves you and me so much. The Holy Spirit has our best interest at heart. Look, look at what the word says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It's the Holy Spirit that was involved in your salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that was involved in your redemption and forgiveness. Now we're saying, you know what? I, don't, I get your Holy Spirit, but I'm not interested. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul talks about it in Ephesians. Um, he speaks about how we do that before and, and after the verse. Looks at what he says. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what's helpful for building others up. How can we grieve the Holy Spirit? One of the ways we grieve the Holy Spirit is by our speech, by how we speak to one another, by how we speak about people, by telling questionable jokes. The Bible talks to us about that. Gossip, hurtful banter. I'm all for banter, but I'm not for hurtful banter. Instead, what makes the Holy Spirit rejoice is when we use our words to build up and to encourage. You know, the Bible says that our words can bring life and our words can bring death. How true that is. Um, there's the old saying that says, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a load of rubbish. Words have the power to wound us deeply. It's a word that was said by someone significant in our lives 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We still remember and it still causes pain in our lives. When we use our words to hurt and to wound, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Instead, when we use our words to bless, we actually, the Holy Spirit rejoices. 
Because it's those same words that can hurt. It's those same words that can heal. It's, it's words that can build up. You know, again, we can, we can think back to some words that someone said 20, 30 years ago that were good for us. We never forgot those words. Paul goes on to say, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, again, uh, along with every form of malice. Get rid of all bitterness and anger. Because it grieves the Holy Spirit. Get, get rid of these kind of emotions. They grieve the Spirit. Notice the progression. You know, what starts off as bitterness, it's an offense of some description, turns into rage and anger, brawling, slander, and on and it goes. And the reality is this, we all need to learn how to deal with wounds in our life. All of us have been wounded. We will be wounded. If you haven't yet, it's on its way. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church on Sunday morning? Come on, say thank you, Pastor Joe. That was very encouraging. We will will all be wounded. One of the skills we need to learn in life is how to deal with the wounds in our lives. We, We need to learn how to do that. It's never about the wound itself. It's always about what we do with that wound and how we deal with it. And if we deal with it, we can deal with it with bitterness and anger and revenge and uh, and, and so on and so on and slander where we start to slander that person. We tell as many people as we can, they're a terrible person. And when we do those kind of, when we deal with the wounds in our lives with those kind of strategies, the Bible, Paul is saying, we grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, no, that's not gonna help you in any way. How true that is because all that does is reinforces the wound in our hearts and lives. All that does is is intensifies the anger and the bitterness and all it does is it just makes those emotions even worse. And you know, uh, 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 someone said um, bitterness, resentment is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. Resentment kills us. It It doesn't hurt the other person at all. And the Holy Spirit is saying to us, as they're kind of looking at us, Holy Spirit's a counselor saying, no, don't deal with it that way. It's gonna hurt you even more. It's gonna wound your soul. Instead, what causes the Holy Spirit to rejoice is when, as Paul says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ God forgave Just forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's hard to do. I know there are some of you right now who are saying, yeah, Pastor, you're asking me to forgive X, Y, and Z. You're asking me to forgive this person that did all of this kind of, I understand it's not easy. In fact, it's not natural to forgive. What's natural is revenge. Can I hear an amen? And it tastes sweet to the mouth. It's not natural to forgive. But here's the thing, the Holy Spirit says, not only does the Holy Spirit say, hey, listen, this is the best course of action for you. The Holy Spirit also gives us the power to forgive the unforgivable. I think there are two great revelations all of us need to have in life. One revelation is the first, I believe, the greatest revelation of all is that God loves us. It's one of the great revelations, for God so loved the world. He didn't just love the world, he loved you and me. It's one of the great revelations, I'm loved by God, God loves me. He thinks the world of me, he has my best interest at heart. He's always gonna be on my side, he's always gonna be on my team. He's always gonna cheer me on to be the best person that I can be. 
We're loved by God. I think one of the, the second great revelation, and this is just my view, but I think the second greatest revelation we can have is that there is sin in our lives. See, we think everybody else is, yeah, they're the ones, but not me. But when you, when you get a revelation of what's inside of your heart, the sin that's inside of you, it changes you. It changes how you deal with people. It changes how you speak about people. Because as I look at myself, I say, man, God, you have been so patient with me. You've forgiven me for so much. You've been so patient in my life. You gave your life for me. And it changes how we view other people. It changes how we speak about other people. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Do not resist and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The third of the do nots related to the Holy Spirit is do not quench the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica and he said, do not quench the Spirit. Um, another translation, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. I like that. Just like a fire can be put out with water, the Holy Spirit can be stifled or restrained. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to speak, the Holy Spirit wants to act, wants to move, wants to be involved. But we quench or we stop the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and also corporately as the church. One of the great challenges of the modern church is we become so organized and structured and polished and intelligent and, and all of that's good and all of that's needed. Thank God for what we have today. I think it's amazing but we need to be careful because all of that can stifle the work of the Holy Spirit. We can have our agenda and the Holy Spirit says, is, can I say something today? Can I, can I be in? No, sorry. Um, you know, you need to call us during the week and, and tell us if you want to do something, you know. As a leadership, we're very conscious of this. And we, we, we want to do whatever we can. Never to quen we never want to quench the work of the Holy Spirit in the church of Jesus Christ. We do have an agenda, but we always want to say, Holy Spirit, is there something you want to say? Holy Spirit, is there something you want to do? Holy Spirit, this is about you because without you here today, we're going to be wasting our time. Come, sweet Spirit. One of the things I pray every, every, before I ever walk out onto stage, one of the things I pray every single time, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my, I've prepared, I've sweated over a message, but then I say, God, it's not about the words. It's not what I've got written down. Ultimately, it's by the Spirit of God. And so Holy, come Holy Spirit, we need you amongst us today. How we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us. We never wanna be a church that quenches the work of the Holy Spirit. One of the images used in the Bible to describe the Holy Spirit is fire. Fire speaks about the presence of God. Moses is, uh, is tending sheep uh, throughout the desert and he sees a burning bush. He goes up to the burning bush. The burning bush begins to speak to him. It was a theophany. It was God speaking to Moses. The Bible says when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. There's a bunch of other scriptures there as well. Tell you if it's something that we need is the fire of God's presence amongst us. 
We can quench the Holy Spirit corporately. We can quench the work of the Spirit individually. Paul said to Timothy, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Timothy became discouraged and had neglected the gift of God and Paul was encouraging him to fan into flame the gifts that God had given him. I want you to know that each one of us has been given gifts. We've all been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. Peter says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And we can either fan into flame those gifts or we can quench, put a fire on the gifts that God has given us. One of the greatest things that we can do is say, Lord, help me to, help me to know the gifts that you've given me. Help me to develop those gifts, use those gifts for your glory. It's not if you have gifts, you do have gifts. This church is going to be a much better church when everybody is doing. We are, the Bible uses the analogy of the body of Christ and, and we are the body of Christ and the body is made up of many, many, many parts. And, and, and so when each part does its work, the body, the body functions better. God has given you certain gifts to use within the, within the context of the body of Christ. When each individual, you know, uses the gifts that God has given, then we are more likely going to be, be Jesus or be a representative of Christ in the world that we're living in. The enemy's always going to try and put out the Spirit's fire. Man, the, the, the enemy's always going to try and quench the work of the Spirit. But we want to be a church that's always giving room to the Holy Spirit by the grace of God. Pastor Joe, how do we do that? We need to pray. Pray in the Spirit, love and obey the Word of God. Be a worshiper. You know, as I look at the world uh, uh, that we're living in today, just spent a bit of time in the US and Canada, and uh, they're just like us, man. They've got the same issues we've got, same stuff we've got, same problems we've got. <laughs> they're just at another level. I mean, they're really sinful over there. I'm not just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I did Halloween over there. My goodness. <laughs> They're next level, um, but we're not too far away. I mean, you know, we're, we're, just, uh, we're just a couple of steps behind. I see all this stuff in the world that's going on, stuff that's happening, uh, and, and ideologies that are being pressed onto our children from kindergarten, primary school, high school, and, and stuff that's going, and it just boggles the mind. I'm thinking, what are we thinking? What's happening to this world? We're going crazy. We're going nuts, I tell you. And, I, and, 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 and it's kind of worldwide. It's not, it's, you know, it, once upon a time, what happened over there kind of didn't affect us. And so the world is like, you know, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I ask myself the question, what hope is there for the world? What's the hope? What are we, what are we, what are we looking at? What's going, to, what's going to give us some hope? Because it, it just feels like it's going south and it's picking up speed as it's going. Well, as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says in the last days, things are going to get bad and they're going to get worse. And then they're going to get worse again. And we kind of seen it with our eyes. What the Bible has spoken about, we're seeing it with our eyes. <laughs> seeing stuff happen, you know, in the environment. People say, oh, it's global warming. Maybe the only reason why they're saying it's global warming because they haven't read the Bible. <laughs> read this book and it'll tell you. I couldn't believe yesterday. I mean, here in, 
You know, in Canada, they're having a very warm November. We're having a cold November. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, and stuff that's happening all over the world. What's the hope? Well, the Bible says that in the last days, things are going to get bad. But the Bible also says that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So I don't know about you. Come on. I'm not going to focus on what the enemy's doing. I'm going to focus on what God is doing. God says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. More than ever as a church, we need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. We need to say, Holy Spirit, you come. Come. Come, sweet Spirit. We need you. The Bible tells us about David. Now, on the day the kings went out to war, David stayed home. We know that David sinned, made a mistake. Staying home, that is. He committed adultery then and then murder, the slippery slope of sin. Never intended to do any of that, but off he goes. Then the prophet Nathan confronts him and says, you know, David, you've sinned. And David, for the first time, is face to face with his sin. And we learn so much from David. We learn about praise, worship, leadership. We also learn from David about how to deal with sin in our lives. David immediately acknowledges his sin. He doesn't hide it, doesn't blame, doesn't try to defend himself. He says, I've sinned. That's exactly right. That's me. And in so doing, writes Psalm 51, one of the powerful Psalms in the Bible, a Psalm that all of us from time to time have had to go into and David's words have become our words. And notice what David says. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. He's speaking in in the Old Testament, by the way, the Holy Spirit had not yet come. Yet David had a revelation. He was way ahead of his time. David could have asked for so many things from God. He could have said, don't take my position from me, my crown from me, my kingdom from me. He could have said to God, all right, God, I've messed up, but don't take any of this stuff away from me. Let me keep my stuff. He says, none of that. Instead, he says, don't cast me from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. As we think about our lives, the church, what we need more than anything else is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. What you and I need in our lives more than anything else is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. What we need as a church more than anything else is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every single day I pray, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How can we make sure that happens? How can we make sure we have more of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. It's in, He has your best interest at heart. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And don't quench the Holy Spirit. Instead, fan it into flame. And finally, be sensitive to the leading of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter 2 finishes with the words, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. One more thing, story in the Bible about Samson. Samson called by God right at the beginning. Just a great man of God. And, 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 and the Bible says this, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. I love that scripture. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. My prayer is that the Spirit of God will begin to stir in you and me. 
that we would become more sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would begin to stir in us. I pray as a church, the Holy Spirit will begin to stir in us. That's my prayer. I'm at a point where I'm saying, no more strategies, God. I got, I got nothing. I'm a strategies kind of guy, right? I'm, that's, that's who I am. I just, I'm a strategies machine. No more strategies, God. What I want to see is the power of God amongst us. I want to see a revival. We just need to see God move. We just need to see God show up. I was talking to Pastor Elio and talked about um, the time when we're done. We're going to sing just a second. Um, it t- tells a story about when he was a youth. He was part of the, part of the youth. youth um, uh, and uh, there were three of them. Um, and uh, the Unity family's here. Jerry was, was, was with them. And they went to visit this couple and, uh, in the church that just got saved. And uh, there was a pastor there who had been visiting them. Anyway, they're just, uh, they're just about to finish. And the pastor says, can I pray? And so he prays. He just prays a prayer. When he prays this prayer, just the presence of God comes into that room. Just in an, in an amazing way. The couple that were there were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were a couple of them. Jerry was one of them. Got filled with the Holy Spirit there and there. It's amazing. And he tells the story because we were talking about the history of the church. And I said, and inside of my heart, I said, God, do it again. Do it again. What the world doesn't need is more entertainment. What the world doesn't need is bigger and better. What the world needs is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray we would be part of a meeting where the Holy Spirit fell. We would see God do some amazing. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing this chorus. We're only out of time, but we're going to sing this chorus anyway. Just love you, Lord God. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, all you need to do is invite Him in. Say, Holy Spirit, say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Just give my life to you. And it'll be everything you've called me to be. It's just a simple prayer that invites Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And you can do that this morning. You can leave this place sure of your eternal salvation. So good to be in church. And Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here today, for guiding, leading, speaking. I just pray that as we leave this place, we would reflect on your word and we would be more sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Be glorified today, I pray. Use us for your glory, we pray. And this we ask in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people say, Amen and amen. Amen.